The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 75. Today, we have Ron Hale back in the studio with us, and we're going to talk with him about how he works with the Law of Attraction and how he works with The Secret. I do realize that I've gave a lot of personal advice and tips and tricks over the last 13 episodes, but they may not apply to you. They may not apply to everybody. As a matter of fact, I am certain they don't apply to everybody. So I want to give some variety in some episodes coming up, and today we're going to get some variety uh, Ron Hale style. I mentioned in one of the episodes throughout the series that I don't work with visualization as one of the tools, and I know for a fact that Ron does. So we're going to talk a bit about that, and then just an overall introduction to how he uses the Law of Attraction, the tools that he finds useful, and some perspectives that will hopefully fill in some of the gaps that I have not been able to fill in for some of you. Oh, as always, let's have some fun and get started. All right, New Age Christian family, here we are with Ron Hale back in the house. Say hello, Ron. Hello. So I think, was this your uh, third interview? I believe so, yeah. Maybe the fourth. I know we did one with you on kind of some of the business end. And then I know we did one with uh, you and Kaylee on relationships. Yep. I think. Anyway. Yeah. They know who you are. Right. And if you don't know who he is and you've only recently come into uh, the New Age Christian podcast, check out previous episodes with Ron and myself. And he is a very good friend of mine and a staple in the New Age Christian conversation for me personally, my own growth. A lot of the stuff that I push into... Uh, Ron and Kaylee are there to help me figure it out. So by the time you guys are hearing this episode, we'll have just finished a 13-week series on working with the Law of Attraction, Unpacking the Secret. And in that series, somewhere in the middle, around episode number six or seven, I got into some of the how-tos, some of the practice of what tools you can use to actually engage with the secret and using it on purpose. You know, to kind of remind everybody, you know, the law of attraction is not something that only works if you use work with it. It's always working, whether you're doing working with it or not. It is a universal law. It is always at play. Your life is a perfect reflection of how you have engaged with the law of attraction. With that being said, there is a way to work with it on purpose that inserts your personal desires, your personal goals, your personal intentions into the law of attraction so that you can create the life you desire. So I want to do a series of interviews with other people such as Ron and Kaylee uh, that we're going to get into some of how they work with the law of attraction. I obviously gave a lot of personal advice out of my own journey and the things that I have found. But I'm not the only one who's been uh, understanding these things and applying them in my life. So today we have Ron, and I guess right out of the gate, because I did mention in the series, I mentioned that uh, Ron, I know, works with visualization. In the series, I mentioned for me, visualization uh, doesn't work as well, uh, and I have my reasons for it, and they're more they're just personal uh, mechanics for myself 
that I find for me visualization because I spent so much time doing it but not understanding the rest of how things work. I think for me, I kind of ruined visualization a bit because I saw, I tried it so often to no avail that you eventually lose, it loses that luster, but that's despair where I've been. I know Ron has got a very different story. So let's just start there. Um, kind of dive right into you working with a law of attraction. Now you do it regularly and visualization is one of the tools you use. So take it away. Yeah, that's uh, definitely the main way that I do it. And uh, hopefully at the end of this, um, our listeners will be able to uh, try it, get better at it. And, uh, you know, even yourself, Austin, hopefully I can right? shed some light. Heaven forbid I learned something. <laughs> well, you're always learning. I've learned that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, no, visualization, uh, it's funny, in preparation of this, you know, Kaylee and I talked about it. It was my wife, if you don't know. And uh, she can't um, visualize and when you say visualize, you know, I thought that the only definition when I first started this was, you know, seeing yourself in a scenario, Hmm. um, something that you want to achieve with those certain key things around you. So uh, when I first started this, it was just a visualization of me sitting at my work desk, opening up paychecks at certain amounts. And then I would add little things in there like new car keys on my desk or different key portions and items that I really wanted and uh, the feelings that came with that, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very helpful. Um, but in talking to my wife, there is another form of visualization that I did want to clear up, and that is the visualization of words. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean writing a goal down is actually a form of visualization. You're putting it down, you can see it, and your brain knows what that is. So even though you might not be able to picture yourself sitting at a desk and you're you know, opening paychecks, Maybe you write down, hey, I'm so thankful that today I opened my paycheck and it says whatever your goal is. Maybe it's $2,000 every two weeks. Maybe it's every week, whatever that number might be. And it doesn't even have to be related to pay. I just know that this one personally to me is one that I've used quite regularly and had a lot of success doing so. Now, in saying that, I will caution people, too, because... um, where I work, I work at um, Bill Martian Sales, which is a, a auto sales manager, and we have a sales goal board, okay. and we write down goals of what we're trying to achieve. And by what I mean by be very careful is sometimes that can be a detriment. As we know, the law of attraction works both ways. Right. So if it's good thoughts that come out of it, and you put say seventy five, you want to do seventy five or a hundred cars, whatever it might be. You put that on the board and you go, I'm going to get there and I'm going to focus on what it feels like to get there. That's a positive thing. But if you put that goal up there and you think every day, oh, right, I'm behind. What, oh, what am I going to do? You know, then it goes the other way. Um, and I've seen this manifest with actually my past uh, manager that was there. He always said that uh, my team in particular was never going to obtain and he just put he kept putting the number down 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 he's like just hit this goal for me please just hit this goal for me please and I actually went the other way with it and I was like whoa hang on time out I'm not going to just lower the standard every time right because you're getting upset and you're I said let me set it let me talk to my team about it and have that um you know that better frame of mind of hey we're going to hit this every day i would i would say that it's the meaning of hey we're gonna do this we're going to do this you know how does everybody feel about that how would everybody feel about making more in their paycheck and so you go from a positive side 
and it's becoming more obtainable. And actually, we're currently over our minimum goal by $200. And we have been for the past five months. So, I mean, it definitely is working. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's time for us to bump it up, but uh, we'll get there. So just from a visualized standpoint, so if you're okay with writing the number down, but approach it internally and externally when you verbal process from a positive side, if you do write something down, if you write something down and you get a negative feeling, my suggestion is either change your beliefs or get rid of it. So that right there is absolutely the key of why for me, visualization, you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to know the energy you're giving yourself. So one of the ways that I used to do it is I used to go walk through model homes or like custom homes and like visualize myself in these homes. And I wanted to feel the energy of being in a nice home and everything like that. And for a while it worked really well, but then I realized at some point I would leave this model home and I'd go back to my apartment, right? And what I didn't know enough to know now is that I would live in a lack energy because it wasn't the model home that I was, you know, visualizing myself. And so it was, it was this, I have this goal, I'm not there yet. So do I fill that energetic gap, the distance between where I'm at and where I want to be? Do I fill that with excitement and expectation? Or do I fill that with lack and failure and I'm not good enough, I have to work harder? And there is no hard and fast answer to, to, it's not even a case, it's not even a, well, I just don't visualize. Maybe for some things you can't visualize and other things you can. Mm -hmm. Like it is very much about knowing yourself and what it is that that thing is producing in you, what energy, what vibration Mm -hmm. it's producing in you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, well, I've walked through a few homes with yourself as well, and that was one of them that was daunting for me as well. You know, I walked through it and I'm visualizing and I'm like, man, it just feels so far out of reach for this. Like, and as soon as it hit that, I went, nope, this isn't the right way for me. So sometimes people really love that. They'll go test drive their dream vehicle. They'll walk through homes. For me, um, when I visualize, I actually just started when uh, we figured out you know, really that's what I was doing. I just took five minutes a day every morning, um, is what I do. And I take my visualization of what I'm trying to achieve at the time. So like I said, the most recent one was at my desk, but I do that at different parts of the day. And so I've slowly added five minutes here and five minutes there. So now I'm up to do five minutes in the morning. I do five minutes at lunch, usually every day. And then I do five minutes before I go to bed. And what I do in my mind is I go, okay, I'm locking in my wish list for those five minutes. So I get up in the morning and I go, okay, what do I see for my day? That's how I start. Mm -hmm. And I visualize, okay, we're going to make some money today. This is how we're going to do it. Everything's going to run smoothly. It's always a perfect day in the morning. It's a fresh start. Perfect. And then I get to lunch and we have our goal board and I eat lunch in front of it every day. And I look at it and I visualize what numbers I want to see up there. Um, And it's important for me as a leader to look at everybody's individual performance. And I always take a look at the low people, not to pick on them, but I go, okay, what do I want to see up there? What did I, I know they're capable of it. What is that number? And I've just visualized that on the board and that feeling um, when we can celebrate the win is huge. And so that's how I propel my business forward. And plus, as everybody knows, when you go to work and you get to lunch, sometimes you just feel beat up. I mean, especially me being a manager, 
I usually end up getting lunch at like two, three o'clock. I'm pretty worn down. So it gives me that extra bit of like, okay, this was my focus today. This is what I came in to do. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to re-energize. And from three to six, my team's going to get the best of me. And then I go home. And then when I go home, it's all about visualization for me. What did this do? How did I get closer to my goal? Whether that be my manager noticed me today and he's going to notice me again tomorrow. Or it might just be, hey, I met this person and there's this possible job opportunity or a connection. And I'm going to think about that and how I want to use that. And then I'll restart the cycle. So every day I've been doing about 15 minutes of visualization. Might be a little bit longer sometimes uh, if I have time. But for me, it's just sitting down, getting away from distractions. If you're just starting, I would suggest do something conducive to you that makes you comfortable and give yourself permission to daydream. That's a big one. I mean, everybody will get caught in thoughts, whether you see it or you're just thinking of details. Like I said, just words. That's fine. You're still visualizing it. Give yourself freedom to let your mind wander in a positive direction. And every day you do, you know, add it as a win, celebrate it and go on and it'll continually just become easier and easier. I mean, I don't need music anymore. That's how I started. I would put right. spa calming music on and <laughs> I would go, you know. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> right. But yeah, just, you know, relax in a chair. I mean, the first couple of times I did, I, to be honest, I fell asleep on the couch, but I didn't care because before I went, you know, took this little nap that rejuvenated me, which is also a plus. I was able to, you know, maybe do two minutes, but it was two minutes that greatly impacted my life and the way I felt, especially after a long day or a hard day. It just puts you in a better state of mind. And once you attract, you know, kind of the bigger things, and I know that you touched on this, you know, um, the small things come very easily. So, you know, you can kind of stagger them. And that's why a lot of successful people will write down goals. They'll put a main goal and three subtitle goals or lesser goals. Right. Because they know if they obtain any of those goals and they celebrate it, it's just going to become easier to obtain the bigger one. But also it sets you up to attract more because every time you get one, you can move on to the next one. Right. Well, it's all energy. And so success breeds success. Mm-hmm. So when you work on visualization and you, you mentioned walking into those houses and feeling like, man, this is just too much of a stretch. Yeah. Right. So talk a little bit about how you play with the muscle of, in, in the secret, they talk about it needs to be believable for you. Mm-hmm. So... When a millionaire is thinking about increasing their income, those numbers are a lot different than the numbers that most people might think of. Mm -hmm. But for them, it's believable, right? I want to go from a million dollars a month to two million dollars a month. And they're figuring out how to stretch to that two million dollar mark. They've got thoughts and vibrations and business opportunities that match that vibration and that frequency. But if we try to jump from 2000 a month to $2 million a month, that's obviously, I think for most people, that's a stretch that is just not doable. And I think when a lot of people come into the law of attraction, they're like, yeah, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. <laughs> and there's this, the law of growth to get to from where you are to where you want to be. There's a really particular muscle that I've found, mm-hmm. and that is the believability muscle. Right. So talk about for yourself kind of how that muscle works, if you can. I, I know maybe you didn't prepare any of this, but 
just the, the I find that to be so so valuable. Yeah, so I, I mean, it comes down to being self-aware, and this kind of goes back to actually the podcast that we did on goals, right? We did right. a goal-setting one, and I said in there, it's okay not to complete it, and it's okay to change it. So you have to go in with that because it didn't mean you failed. It just means that you're not ready for that one yet, or maybe you want something else. Sure, you, you got just, far enough to change your mind. Yeah, and so that can be a success in itself. So you never look at it as failure, for one. And for two, when you're going into these situations, you know, you mentioned the houses. And um, so I started walking around I'm like, man, this is really cool. This is really cool. And, uh, you know, you do that for three, four days. Maybe you're looking online and all of a sudden you'll just kind of feel like you said, it, it is kind of a muscle, like a gut almost or mind, wherever you feel tension, it'll come in and it'll feel like maybe stress, like, oof, how am I going to do this? Or it'll come in and it'll make you anxious or you'll look at something and go, oh, I will never. And as soon as you feel that, sense that, you know, I've taught myself to go, whoa, stop right there because I don't want to put that out there. Right. And then step two is, okay, now I know that that's too far for me right now. And like you talked about income, you know, maybe there is somebody on here that says $2 million, no problem. And that's why they also say the law of exponential growth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you start with a dollar and you double it, you use two. Two dollars is four. Four dollars is eight, and so on and so forth. So the gap will get larger the more you you right. go. You don't have to go from a million to two million in thousand dollar a week increments. You'll never get there, right? But once you're at that level, the yeah. gaps get much, the leaps get much bigger. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, I know when I first started, you know, my goal was to add ten grand to my income. And I did it. And then the next time I went, well, that was really cool, but now I want to double it. And so then I doubled it. Mm-hmm. And then this last one, I went, I'd really like to double it, but I don't think I quite can. Like, it, it just didn't feel right. right. So I went, man, if I could just add $20,000, I mean, that would make a huge difference. And I have, and actually I have the opportunity to make more. And now my goal, I mean, my goal changed pretty quick. I mean, it came from, you know, I was doing a, a week of where I was like, well, where do I want to be? And I came up with that 20. And then the next month they offered me a bonus structure and I was like, sweet. And then they mapped it out and they actually gave me an opportunity to make $40,000 extra. So immediately I went, Ooh, can I do that? And I went, well, I don't want the stress every month to try to hit this perform. And you know, you got to have a ramp up period. So I went, where's my number? And I went 30, 30 is my number gives me enough lean way. And like I said, if for some reason it doesn't happen, which it probably won't, but in some cases it does, I'm going to give myself the freedom to bump it down and go, you know what? I wasn't quite ready for that. So now I'm going to do it right here. Or you just change it to, okay, year to date starting now. I mean, that's okay to change your goal. Right. Like once again, because you don't, you got to be careful not to get on that other side. And it's so easy to do it. And sometimes you don't even notice it. You're like, you come home from work or whatever you did, and you're talking to your friend, your loved one or whatever. And you're like, man, today was just bogus. I hate this. You know, I'm so stressed out. What am I going to do? And, you know, thankfully I have a wife who kind of just stops right there and goes, whoa, wait a minute. Aren't you the one that tells everybody, like when you feel stressed that you got to reevaluate? Oh yeah. Good point. Right. You know, so having those people in place as well, you know, helps. But the more you do it, the more you flex that muscle, you'll feel like, ooh, that's just a little too much. 
Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's key, absolutely key, to realize the ability to change, mm-hmm. right? Because what I think a lot of people who come into this, I don't know if it's religion or if it's the school system or what it is, but I think it's pretty, pretty evident in just about anybody, whether you're religious or not, that when you change, right behind that is this sense of like, therefore I failed. And failure is the vibration that just continues to breed more failure, right? And so it's vital that when you realize, hey, you know, I was, I was, I visualized for 40, I visualized for 40, and I visualized for 40, and I visualized for 40, and I kind of realized that my belief muscle is a little stretched and stressed at that, but 30 feels really doable. Give yourself a pat on the back. Go have a party. Don't look in the mirror and go, you you loser, right? Because I think a lot of times it's like, man, I'm just not good enough for four. I just, I, I failed. I didn't do it right. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, you, you can get there eventually, but realize that your internal rubber band can only stretch to 30. That's a success that you actually figured that out, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're visualizing for 40 and you don't actually believe you can do it, then you'll never get it. As a matter of fact, you'll probably never get 30 or even 20, right? You will be, you will stick where you're at and you'll actually carry a failure vibration or an I can't do it vibration. So find the edge of that rubber band. I use this and I talked about this in the, uh, in the series, mm-hmm. find the edge of your rubber band and then bounce back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not always necessarily a number either. I talked about the example throughout because um, I was in California for a lot of the recordings in one kind of one, I think I did seven or eight in one session. And so there was a lot of uh, very present dynamics that I recorded in the series. And one of the things I was going through was figuring out whether or not I, I was shooting for 300,000 mm-hmm. or like 100,000. And, and, and for me, the, the, the gap between 100,000 and 300,000 was pretty minute energetically mentally you're like dude that's triple what are you talking about but energetically it wasn't it was like apparently somewhere in me i believe if i can get a little bit over a hundred thousand then the mechanisms would be in place for me to get three hundred thousand pretty easy mm-hmm. when what it was was and i figured out it actually wasn't a number it was i want a clean slate mm-hmm. i have certain debts and i have certain needs that need to be fulfilled in 2020 and Realizing it's actually the energy that I'm after, not the, the number could give me that energy, mm-hmm. but there's lots of ways that debts can be taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, the global economy collapsed and they could do a debt forgiveness global currency reset in the middle of the coronavirus, you know, like that stuff can happen. Yeah. You know, so it is very energetic. And when you reach the point where you need to reset a goal, or you need to revamp your number or repicture your path. That's a big one too. Like I think it's going to be this, this, and this, and this. Those doors never open and a different door does open and you totally miss it because you didn't give yourself permission to revamp and rethink. That to me is absolutely, absolutely vital. So we've talked a lot about visualization. Law of Attraction, there's lots of different tools. What are some other tools that you use on a regular basis for working with the Law of Attraction? 
Well, the main one uh, definitely, you know, is visualization for me. Uh, the other thing that um, Kaylee and I do is uh, we talk together uh, as a married couple, and I talk to my friends about what I want to achieve. Um, and even though I'm not a verbal processor, this is important to me because if my friends are willing to talk about it and to visualize it with me, um, one, it helps the clarity for me. Right. Um, but two, now you have two, three, four, how many people do you talk to? And you got to trust them. It's right. <laughs> a big one. Right. You don't just share your dreams with everybody. Um, or maybe you do and you don't care. It's but, really hard when you do that, though, and people poo-poo your dreams. It's hard to carry the right vibration when everyone around you says you can't do it. Correct. So I like it when my friends build me up. And then not only is it my energy, but it's their energy. You know, when we get in a room and we talk about where we want to go, especially with yourself, Austin, when you start talking, I visualize you're already there. And I'm like, sweet, this is going to be really cool because, you know, I'm going to do this and you're going to be doing that. And, you know, I just fit it in there. And some of it I've, I've written down as well. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to the day that I can bring this out and go, hey, Austin, not to brag, but I helped you do this. Right. And, you know, and uh, <laughs> you can have a big party with it. And, you know, that's the other part of the law of attraction that people tend to forget is the celebration part. That's right. a big one for Gratitude. me. Yep. Um, is make sure you celebrate that, whether that be, oh, I'm, I'm very thankful. And a lot of people will phrase it that way. I'm not one that does that. I'm more of like, hey, we did it. I did it. Let's go. Let's have a party. You know, we reached 100,000 sales. We reached this number. You know, I got a bonus here. We're going to go out to eat. We're going to, you know, mm-hmm. you got to do something fun. I mean, every job that I've ever quit, I threw myself a party. Because, as you said, the goal changed or the path changed. And so I take a moment to celebrate the ending of that path. And I've done that every time I've left a job. And I can tell you that I've already decided that if for whatever reason, if I ever did get fired, I would throw a party because it's the end of the path. You know, and you just look at it that way of, you know, maybe you're so thankful and that's fine. My energy is, hey, we're going to celebrate this. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I also think whenever you're doing this the visualization or the law of attraction the other the other warning i would throw out for people is don't compare yourself to other people because you can set yourself up for failure i mean we throw quotes around we throw average numbers around we've mentioned a few on the you know on here and they can be very detrimental because like you said you are where you're at because somebody who makes a hundred thousand dollars may say i can't even imagine making $500 $500 more. I need to imagine just 300. That's okay. Yeah. Or maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a dream vacation, whatever it may be, but start somewhere and build on it. Cause we get so tied up into the, you know, I've seen them all over Instagram or Facebook, you know, millionaire before 25. Well, guess what? I'm not 25 and I'm not a millionaire. I'm over that. Right. But I'm not going to say, Oh, I failed. No. My journey is just different. My path is different. doesn't mean I can't be worth more than that guy by the time I turn 50. Colonel Sanders started KFC when he was 73? Yeah. That's crazy. That stuff's like the sense of failure, the sense of comparison. So comparison to me, there's there are two sources from which all dissatisfaction and frustration arise. One is unfulfilled expectations, mm-hmm. and two is comparison, right? Which is basically just a version of unfulfilled expectations. Right. But um, 
when you start comparing your journey, your finances, your world with others, the you know it is the knowledge of good and evil. It is that comparison game. It is very very easy to fall into a lack of gratitude, a lower vibration, or you know an arrogant vibration, which is still a negative vibration, mm-hmm. because even inside of arrogance, there's a sense of lack in order to frame it. And gratitude and celebration and honor are much higher vibrations that uh, you can't you can't get in if you're in in a comparison game. No. So, and you just want to make sure you focus on yourself. I mean, right. Your goal is personalized or should be personalized to yourself. If you're writing down the same goal as Michael Jordan, you're trying to be Michael Jordan. You can't. You don't have the same upbringing. You weren't born in the same era. You just can't. There's so many different variables that go into people, economics. um, I mean, geez, coronavirus, like I thought, you know, but at the same time, that could be an opportunity for somebody. Right. You know, absolutely. While the market's down or, you know, I don't know what's going to happen as of right now. And who knows, maybe we'll have a different celebration podcast on here. (laughs) Right. Um, But you can't compare people with people just because of the variables i mean uh it's even been done with movies with if they made a clone of hitler how would he turn out you know and he doesn't turn out the same way why well because it's not the same environment right it doesn't make the same choices i mean you think about the game of life or you know you're the you know main character in your movie how many times have you made a choice and how many times would you go back and change that if you could? You know, just that alone should be enough for everybody to realize, hey, this is about me. This isn't about somebody else because there was a hundred other opportunities, other choices that got me here. Or maybe they, you know, have different parents or all of that comes into play. So just don't don't compare yourself <laughs> to other people. I'm serious. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a lose-lose. Yeah, there's so many things that come into play there you, and so many bad feelings, like you said. Right. You know, it's, oh, they're only there because of, well, now you've made an excuse of why you won't be there. Right. Or, you know, oh, they're just a charity case, I've, you know, or, oh, they just got lucky. It's like one in a billion chance. Well, guess what? Now you have one in a billion chances. My only caveat to the comparison thing being negative is if you're looking at somebody as an example of what's possible. Such as, like for me, one of my favorite examples is Tony Robbins, right? That it is possible to help a lot of people on a one-on-one basis while running 20 different companies and traveling the world and being that productive as a human being. That's something I kind of want out of life. I want to juggle 20 different companies be impactful in individuals' lives and still have a great time doing it. I would like that kind of life. And I think most people are like, dude, there's no, that's, it's impossible. You could never do that. Oh, yeah? Look over there. Right. Mm-hmm. So the comparison game, if used in a positive light of like seeing what's possible, it's, it's no different than the, I'm sure, do you remember the story of the, the first person to uh, lift over, deadlift over 600 pounds mm-hmm. back in the, Ah man, I want to say it was in the fifties, where um, there was even there was even magazine articles in like Nature magazine stuff like that that 
they were starting to wonder if it was physically impossible for a human to lift over 600 pounds. And nobody had done it, nobody had done it, and so many people tried. And then there was a lifter who his trainers tricked him. <laughs> and they told him he had lifted, he had almost done it, and almost done it, and almost done it. And so his trainers put 602 pounds on and told him it was 598. <laughs> and he did it. And then within six months, four other people around the world, they heard about it and then they did it. So that is the one caveat of when you look at other people, if you do see it as an example of what's possible, the type of life you want to live and somebody's told you that's impossible, I can almost guarantee you somebody's done it. And it can be a leg up on the just the faith that, hey, if somebody can do it, I can do it. Yeah, and I think the key that you just, as I was listening and I heard it, you weren't comparing, oh, uh, Tony Robbins did this point A to point B to point C to get all of this. This is actually for you. This is an end game. It's an overall arching goal, which is different. Um, When you get in comparisons, normally what people fall into is, okay, I have to do this. I have to do it the same way. And then they quickly realize that you're never going to replicate that the same way. You just can't. Um, You know, you look at any business, you could even say, hey, well, you know, this one was modeled after this one. Like the big one would be GM and Ford, right? They're kind of modeled after each other. They're both U.S. brands, but they do things vastly different. They have different markets and communities that they sell to, and they have a different plan. I mean, I can tell you that from, obviously, I work at the auto dealer we saw Ford. So Ford believes that they build a better quality vehicle. So they charge more for their vehicles. Where Chevy um, has the idea, or GM has the idea of velocity. They want to price them cheap, budget-friendly, and go. They're going to sell as many as they possibly can. Um, And they might believe that they have a better product, but they're not going to put it on the price side. So there's different ways of obtaining these goals as long as you keep them very vague at the top of the line don't say or pigeonhole yourself to go I have to go this route right. or I have to do it this way and that's where the comparisons get dangerous the the closer that you get into the nitty-gritty of and I even noticed that you didn't even mention how much he makes do you no. know no because it's not important yeah no it's the energy of that I'm after right and that was my point So the less detail you have on somebody that you're like, oh, they were here at this age. and No, stop, time out. Your muscle is telling you that you're going down the wrong road. You're exercising and put too much time to be that other person that you never can be. Right. Um, So start focusing on your goal. Is this something that you really want? I mean, I've had to ask myself that. You know, in high school, I thought I loved basketball. I was like, dang, I am going to be an awesome player. And I know that some people will be like, well... You know, obviously there's other factors of reasons why you're not a great basketball player. You were never the athlete. You were never the whatever. You're not seven foot tall? (laughs) No, I'm 6'3". I could have done it. But no, um, it's just I didn't have the value. You know, I didn't believe in it. I didn't have the motivation to play basketball every single day to get out there and dribble a basketball, even if it's not in front of a hoop. I didn't have the drive to watch film, to lift weights, to put the time in. No, where did I stick my time? 
and it's pretty obvious by now, is business, financial sector. I mean, I went to work at 14, and at 16, I was already at a credit union counting money because that's my drive. That's what I'm passionate about. And some people might find that to be cold or, or whatever if they, that's, that's all they know about me. <laughs> um, and you know what? Honestly, that's fine with me because then they don't really know me. Um, and you would say the same. I know you would because right. my ultimate goal is just to make sure that people are successful. When others are successful around me, I know that I'm going to be successful. And um, I actually just saw a post from uh, Warren Buffett that stated levels of minds. And one of his was, you know, weaker minded people think about other people. And uh, I actually commented like, dude, that's the wrong thought. And I'm going to prove it. And that's my goal. Like, I, Whether he's alive or not, I don't care. I'm going to prove to everybody that if you build a team, an employee, and it's maybe it's a little old school, but you know what? It's going to work, and I'm going to show the world how to do it. And that's one of my overarching goals, just like yours is, you know, for to be that busy, that productive, right. um, and help that many people as well. I mean, that's something that we share, and uh, I learn every time. You know, <laughs> we sit in front of this microphone or hang out. It's kind of funny how once you start attracting that and setting those goals, you pick up little things from other people. You're like, oh, I can use that. And it's right. not stealing. It's just you're building on each other. And that's the other thing that I think people forget in the law of attraction. Um, you know, in the secret, they kind of glaze over that. It's that one line. There is more than enough out there. Right. And that's one thing you have to realize, too, is don't get beat up. And in the comparisons, I'll use that again, of, oh, well, they have X amount of money and there isn't enough for me. Well, guess what? They can always print more money. There's always more gold. There's always more silver until they run out and then something else will be valuable. Right. I mean, you see that in your life today. Different currencies are worth different amounts. Uh, data, different YouTube channels. I mean, people could sell those for millions of dollars. You have website domains. There's always something of value for you out there. And it could be equated to if you want to do it by dollars and cents, if you want to do it by gold, you want to do it by Bitcoin, doesn't matter what you do it by, there always will be more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. Scarcity is, I think, I think one of the episodes I talked quite a bit actually about the lie of scarcity, the illusion of scarcity. And that's very much part of the system. So do you use uh, muscle testing as part of your kind of working with the law of attraction and figuring out what you're really believing versus what you think you believe, stuff like that? Yes, I do use muscle testing. Um, I use that to make sure I'm in a line for my goals. So maybe there's an overarching goal that I really, really want and I have no idea how to achieve it. And it's a different muscle. So it's not that like, ooh, I can't achieve muscle. Mm -hmm. It's an internal muscle that goes, I don't know how to get there. I think it's obtainable, but I don't know what's in the way. You know, right. it's a different, it's not like stress or like, oh, this is way too big. It's almost like kind of confused or lost feeling like, how do I do that? Right. You know, uh, and when I feel that, that's when I go into the muscle testing um, and try to discover why do I feel that way? Um, it's always surprising what that is, whether mm. it be childhood experiences, something that just happened at work. Muscle testing is definitely something to do to change those beliefs and figure out where you are. <laughs> right. It's really good. There are tools that you can use it to get where you want to go. Correct. But for purposes of this podcast, typically it's a tool that I really like to use 
is kind of the you are here on a mall map. Yep. You know, where you're looking at the mall directory and it's that you are here. That's what muscle testing I find is really useful for when working with the law of attraction. Yeah. And also, if you are looking, I guess the other part of that that I've done is you're looking at what should my goal be? Maybe you're really frustrated with, I don't know where to go, Ron, awesome, here you guys talk. And I don't have anything in me that's saying, oh, this is unobtainable, this is unobtainable. It feels like I don't have a ceiling. You know, I would say that this is a spot where muscle testing would fit as well, where you can say, okay, I need to muscle test for a goal because there is something blocking you if you don't feel anything at all at any cap. You know, it's not too small, it's not too big, there's nothing there. Then there's something there that probably is blocking you from ever obtaining anything on that list. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a target and nothing that you're aiming at, mm-hmm. you would feel like anything. There's no cat. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, you're just throwing stuff in a dark room at that point. And so it just feels like, oh, I can do anything I want, but I don't really know anything that I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then 20 years later, you're, you know, maybe selling popsicles and you're like, oh, this happened. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> Nothing happened on purpose. Right. Right. Everything, life just happened to you instead of you happening to life. So, yeah. Well, uh, any parting thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I guess I would say in close, you can visualize for one. Uh, no matter how you do that, go ahead and start it. Maybe it's writing it down. Maybe it's looking at it in the mirror. Maybe it's actually visualizing it with your friends, your family, maybe it's you, but remember that you are the center and the powerful person and you are attracting everything. So build yourself up and you will never have any issues. Awesome. Well, and uh, I would just, you know, I think for me, the major takeaway, and I know I say it a lot, but knowing that muscle, the muscle that says, this is too short, this is too long, this is just right whatever the goal may be. And and I think that's where visualization, I messed myself up early on, was not knowing the rest of these things and then seeing it, you know, be a source of frustration. And I think I did the very, th- you know, you knew enough to go through those houses and say, yeah, this is, this is a stretch too far. Yeah. And I didn't. And so then I just created a bunch of frustration for myself for years. But now I know, like, okay, that muscle of, when that doubt creeps in or that question of like, yeah, but how would you do it? And you know, and there's, there's some skills and, and tools you use to shut that voice down or work with it because it's, it's your friend. It's not your enemy, but you can, you know, intentionally turn it quieter or you can work with it until it's satisfied. But yeah, it's absolutely visualization. I'd like to get back into it, you know, try another round with it. I think I've tried a couple rounds with it, <laughs> but even hearing you talk about, uh, using it uh, and writing down mm-hmm. that it doesn't just have to be imagination. It can also be written. And I think another thing would be vision boards. Yep. It's also a different form of visualization. So thank you for uh, sharing your tips and tricks and your thoughts. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show probably a couple more times this year. Yeah, seems to be two to three times a year. Yeah, who knows? We'll have to see what's getting attracted out there. Right? <laughs> Badoom. So, all right, guys, thank you uh, for listening. Uh, For those of you who donate on a regular basis, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Um, It has been tremendously helpful uh, this last year and a half. And if you uh, have never considered donating or you've considered it but just haven't, consider again. And uh, just ask Spirit 
uh, what to do. And uh, thank you for at least being able to do that. Uh, like, share, tell your friends, start conversations, send them crazy episodes that, you know, can uh, <laughs> unhinge your uncle. I don't know. Uh, have a good time. Share and uh, check out. I just did an interview with Matthew Cortman. Uh, he wrote the book Saying No to God. Check out the Facebook page. There is a link to his uh, book. And, um, yeah, I think by the time this one comes out, his book's on sale right now for the coronavirus uh, quarantine. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so uh, you'll be hearing that interview uh, probably a couple weeks after this episode. So um, looking forward to that. And I guess that's all. Yes, thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks for uh, listening. We'll see you on the next episode.